Hi, I'm Pramuthi. And I'm Chris. We're from 3DN, the Department of Developmental Disability Neuropsychiatry at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Bronwyn Newman about her work on the use of easy read information in health services and how we can include people with diverse communication needs in conversations about health. Bronwyn started her career as a social worker, where she noticed the struggle many people with intellectual disability and their families faced when seeking health information and services. This inspired her PhD, which focused on using easy read information about mental health. She now works at Macquarie University and is passionate about the right to health information for all people. Hello, Bronwyn. Hello. Bronwyn, your research is about easy read. Can you give us a quick summary of what easy read is? just for people who may not know much about it. EasyRead is information that is text-based information, really, for people with intellectual disability. And generally, it's simple words, large font, single sentences accompanied by a, a picture that represents the text. I think one of the great benefits of it is that it provides words that are easy to understand and can be consistent across different people who might be supporting that person to access healthcare or under, understand a complicated issue. How is it different to plain English? Well, plain English often isn't as simple and it doesn't have pictures. It's a step to more simplicity than a plain English document. It strikes me that perhaps the simplicity of Easy Read could be helpful for everyone, yeah. not just people with intellectual disability. Yeah, I think that certainly came out in the interviews with staff that I did. They were saying simplified forms would be really good even for people who are just having a bad day or who are really stressed. The staff felt like they'd be more confident with things like consent, that they'd be much more confident that the person had understood what they were signing if it was a little bit simpler. Mm. If people are really stressed, it's such a benefit having something that's really simple for them to know exactly what's going to happen and when rather than having to wade through something that's tricky. So you've just given us a bit of a teaser about your research. Can you tell us a bit more about it? What did you do? What did you find? This paper was really around how is EasyRead used? Uh, and we were really focused on mental health services to look at whether they have EasyRead resources and then when they do, how do they use them? I suppose some of the key findings were that People in mainstream mental health services don't actually have access to EasyRead and a lot of the practitioners felt quite uncomfortable at the number of opportunities they were able to provide people with intellectual disability to wrestle with information. And I suppose the third key finding would be that the people who did use Easy Read really benefited from it, liked it and wanted more of it. And they saw it as a valuable conduit to being able to actually make decisions I found it interesting that most mental health staff identified that people with intellectual disability were not provided with enough information or even given enough time to make decisions. Did you get a sense for what some of the barriers were to using EasyRead in our health services? Um, so I think for a lot of people there wasn't any EasyRead available. I also found that staff weren't necessarily confident in thinking through how it would be best to approach people with intellectual disability and if there was a staff member like a support worker or a family member there often people reverted to speaking to that person and in one way that's a great support and a great way of finding out what's 
the usual way people do things or communicate or what they like, but in another way it does bypass the person with intellectual disability who may actually want to be able to communicate directly. For other people, I think time is a barrier. So they may think, I know what I'd like to be able to do, but I've got 10 other people and I just need to be on the run, particularly in some of the mental health services. Things were busy, things were fast, and safety was their priority, really. They were quite open about feeling concerned that people with intellectual disability didn't always understand when they were being admitted what was happening for them and that simplified information would have been something that they would have used if they'd had it. Some staff really toiled with that, feeling like, oh, if I had time, I could do a better job, but I just don't, and I don't know how to manage this, and I know I'm not doing what I need to do, but I don't quite know how to address it. As a clinician in the space, I can definitely empathise with some of these pressures and competing priorities. Um, your paper describes how in countries like the United Kingdom, services are required to provide accessible information as part of routine care. Do you think a stronger policy like that would be helpful in Australia? Well, I gather in the UK that to be funded, they need to be showing accessible resources. And that has, that's got its benefits and I think it's great. There's a lot more accessible information available in the UK. Uh, there have been papers written though about that they can become a ticker box exercise. So you can say, oh, I've got all the resources but not necessarily have the um, flexibility to, ha- to maintain the relationships of support that are needed to be able to access information anyway. So in one way, it's a stepping stone. It's a first start. It's certainly a great start <laughs> to be able to at least have the um, information available in Easy Read, but I think it's uh, one of a number of strategies that are needed I think one of the practitioners in my work was quite eloquent. He was a psychiatrist and was saying it's not just about give the piece of paper and say goodbye. It really is about um, making sure people are able to understand what's on the piece of paper and it's tailored to meet their needs. One of the things I've found really interesting in the paper you obviously interviewed uh, medical staff. Yeah. And you include some quotes from them yeah. in the paper. And I found them really, really interesting. One in particular, and I'll just paraphrase here rather than yeah. quote them exactly, but uh, they say there's a very high chance that a patient will agree, obviously a patient with mm-hmm. intellectual disability, will agree with things or say yes to things, even if they don't understand or don't agree. Can you tell us a bit more about that? issue and how easy read would address that? Yeah, I think that was a theme that came up in my work, but it's also quite uh, well recognised in other people's research. Just that tendency to want to please or acquiesce in some way. Easy read in some ways flattens that relationship to be able to give the person with intellectual disability more of an understanding of actually the decisions that are being made and the implications of that decision for their life. And I think the other thing that came up for me was often the staff members I spoke to said, look, I'm used to speaking in a language that's quite high level or medical, and it actually takes longer to think of how to say things simply. So the other way Easy Read was an assist in that way was that it gave the staff members the language to use to be able to to have a shared communication and a shared understanding rather than that perception of 
this is the person who knows about these things because they have a medical background and I as the patient am the person who just has to say yes. So I think it it shifts that a little to be more of a shared conversation rather than a person with knowledge and a person without. Whether that's true or perception, I think that's that can be quite an issue in decision making. So if easy read materials were, were available, it sounds to me like um, people with intellectual disability would be empowered to mm. make their own decisions for themselves. Is that the sense yeah. you get? I think so, if not necessarily alone. Um, I think that that's a, one of those things where we think the ultimate aim is to make decisions alone, whereas none of us really like making decisions alone. We often involve other people in decisions, whether it's about which shoes to buy or which healthcare option to take. So I think for people with intellectual disability accessing healthcare, part of it is, yes, being able to be empowered to make decisions, but it's still is part of a relationship often. So it's empowering them to have the confidence to ask the questions, whether that's at home with somebody that they trust or whether that's in a relationship with somebody in a health practitioner role. I think, yeah, it's not just about being able to, for some people it is, they want to be much more independently accessing their healthcare. But for other people, it's just about having those opportunities to express an opinion to somebody about something that's so important as a treatment or a health plan. So if we have an eye to the future and say you bumped into our state premier or the prime minister in an elevator, uh, what would you say to them? What would be your elevator pitch for what needs to happen in this space? I think that there really does need to be systemic change in the way our health system provides information. If I was talking to them about what needs to happen with EasyRead, I think that there needs to be um, more formal evaluation of EasyRead and how it works to give it a really good go to be able to pilot it into some New South Wales health services to think about how is this going to work, how will it work for staff, how does it work for people who need to use it, who else will it be beneficial for. Uh, and I also think while I was there, I'd talk to them about how hard it is to find what you need in health services. So not just about the individual documents, but also information about the health service as a whole and how you get what you need. Um, I probably, I could go further. It depends how tall the building is and how far the left goes. But I think, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, where I'd start with this work is thinking about easy read and also just that it really needs to a whole, be a whole of system approach, not just a piece of paper approach. Bronwyn, what's your dream for our health services? What would you like to see in 5, 10, 15 years' time? I don't think I've dared to dream, really. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I've been to hospital too, and I think it's just, it would be just good for everybody if it was easy to find what you need and get the information you need when you need it. So it's not when you arrive, you get a big bulk pack of tiny fonted things in a folder, but it's actually a place where you can ask questions as they arise. So if I was someone arriving, I'd know what the front desk was for and who sat at it and what I could ask them and then who I was seeing and where I had to go. And then when I was with that person that I was given what I needed for that day, but also the option of different levels of technicality, I suppose, of do you just want to know what you need to know today? Is that enough for you? Or do you need to know what's next and what's next and what's next? Because we're all different and we all have different capacity for that. So I suppose in sense of the experience of a person, it's just feeling like you cared for. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Bronwyn, for coming in and telling us about your research. Thanks for having me. It's been great to talk to you. That was an interview with Dr. Bronwyn Newman. If you are interested in using EasyRead documents, 3DN, with the support of the New South Wales Ministry of Health, has developed a series of EasyRead information sheets on a range of topics, including the Mental Health Act and how to navigate mental health services. These are designed for people with intellectual disability and for anyone who prefers simple written information. They are free to use and available in English, Arabic, simplified Chinese and Vietnamese. There's also a toolkit so you can learn how to adapt mental health information to make it more accessible. We'll put a link in our show notes and on our website to all these documents. At 3DN, we're passionate about improving the health and well-being of people with cognitive and intellectual disability. We want to make research more accessible for everyone. You can find out more about us by going to our website, 3dn.unsw.edu.au. Check the show notes for a link. And if you enjoyed this show, why not share it with others? We hope to bring you more interviews and reports from our work. For future shows, look for us on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for 3DN Intellectual Disability and Health.